Welcome to Holy Week. It all begins at Gethsemane. Gethsemane is simply a word in Hebrew that meant olive uh, press. It was a, a, an enclosed place that Jesus probably knew the owner of. It was some place they could be safe away from the crowds. It had a wall, it had olive trees, and it had a press in the middle. And it's where Jesus would go with his disciples to get away. Jesus goes there on this last night, last week of his life on earth, and he, he takes with him three, James and John and Peter, and he brings them on into a more intimate place within the garden, and there he falls down on his knees and he begins to pray. Father, all things are possible for you. Let this cup pass from me. And there Jesus is referring to Old Testament prophecies that talked about not the cup of communion, which of course is what this is, but a cup of the wrath of God. That God would make his enemies drink, if you look at Ezekiel, to the dregs, to the very bitter end. And yet as Jesus prays at Gethsemane, he knows that the Father is calling him to drink that cup. That cup of wrath. That cup of sin. It's amazing to me. I, I think about my own life and the times where I am saying to the Lord, if there's any way I don't have to have this conversation or do this thing, or, you know, do this particular part of my job. I, I, you know, there are some times where I have to enter into the room of a person that's just died. I don't want to go. There are times where I don't want to have to confront someone. I don't, I've prayed that prayer. You've prayed that prayer. Oh, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Let this thing be taken away from me. We can relate to that part of it. We can't relate to the things that Jesus is praying about. The scriptures say that he was sorely afraid in the old King James Version. He was so brought to sorrow with the heaviness of what was before him that the scriptures literally say it almost brought about his death, the weight of what he was about to have to go through that he was literally almost killed by just the sorrowful reflection on it. And so he goes to pray. As he's done at other times in his earthly life, Jesus being fully human and fully God in his humanity and the flesh needs to go and pray and be with his Father in heaven. And he calls the intimate three two brothers, James and John, and Peter to go and be with him. He falls on his knees and begins to cry out, as I've said just there, sorrowful to death, asking that if there's any way that cup can be taken from him. The scriptures, we so easily glide over it, but he's not simply just crying quietly. He's not just pleading in silence. He is crying out. The writer of Hebrews says that 
he, he screamed and cried out in tears as he suffered through those prayers. Eventually, the scriptures say, the gospels say that he was laying prostrate before them. Prostrate. Prostrate. Not prostrate. Prostrate. <laughs> I get those medical words mixed up. I'm sorry, you guys. I know you're, most of you are medicine people, but you understand I'm not. He's there on the ground on his face. Crying out to the Lord. Lord, if there's, there's any way for this to pass from me, let it be so. But as he prays, he begins to, to come to the place that, that we have to learn to come to, to say the Lord's Prayer with him. Nonetheless, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. That's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He cries out in his humanity, let this cup pass. But yet, says, your will, Lord, be done. You ever thought about why the disciples are there? Why those three? Well, Jesus says in the midst of it, doesn't he? He says, pray that you don't fall into temptation. You see, it's not just Jesus that's about to go through an incredible, horrifying experience, but the disciples are about to go through a horrifying experience. And he asked them to pray that they would be prepared for the temptation. So get this. Here's Jesus, their master, on the ground, on his face, crying out, weeping, asking the Lord to take this from him, ultimately surrendering his will, and he is in a few feet away, a stone's throw. The sorry disciples keep falling asleep. Three times. If ever there's this recognition where we need to make sure we agree and understand who we are in the, in the, in the story, it's, it's here. We are those disciples, aren't we? Falling asleep as our Lord suffers, as he is sorely afraid, as he is grieved with what is before him, even to death, and we walk through it. We sleep through it because we're tired. What Jesus is about to enter into is someplace that we can't go. He's about to take a look into that cup of wrath and not just see the physical suffering of the cross, which is there because it's what we as human beings can relate to. The, the beatings, the thrashings, the whippings, the, the being blindfolded and spit upon and mocked and stripped naked and nailed to a cross and left to suffocate. But when Jesus looks into that 
cup, that cup of wrath, he sees not only that, but he sees the sin of the world. He sees a thousand killing fields and genocides, and mass shootings, and racism, and hatred, and jealousy, and covetousness, and callous hearts. He sees the sin of the world that he's about to take upon himself. Paul says, God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. And he also sees in that cup of wrath, the wrath itself. What he was taking upon himself. Bearing the wrath that God intended for his enemies being taken by the Son. Because he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can take it. Have you ever thought about the fact that the disciples are not there simply to record the events? You would only need one person to record the events. The three disciples were there because they needed to learn the lessons that Jesus was teaching them in the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, because Jesus took that sin, that wrath, those disciples had other opportunities to learn the lessons of Gethsemane. Aren't we glad as we come to the end of Lent that our failures this Lent are not the final word? It's not coincidence that three times Jesus says, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Peter, are you still sleeping? How many times would Peter deny Jesus? Hours later, three times. Jesus keeps his mouth shut before the Sanhedrin, before Pilate. The only thing he responds to is when he is asked to admit that he is the Son of God, that he is the Christ. That's the only time he speaks. Otherwise, he keeps his mouth shut. Peter keeps opening his mouth and making it worse and worse and worse. Oh, there's, there's a lesson I could learn <laughs> to keep my mouth shut. So what does Jesus teach the disciples? Watch and pray. That you not fall into temptation. Jesus knew they were going to fall away. Peter cuts the ear of the slave off and then he still runs. He comes back to be near him because he wants to be faithful. He said, Jesus, even if the rest of these guys abandon you, I won't abandon you. So he comes back. Good for you, Peter. But then he, he denies him three times because he's trying to do it in his own strength. And he fails miserably. But as Jesus is there in the garden and as he is 
contemplating and his, and his flesh is he is stealing his flesh to be able to face the cross and he thinks about the wrath and the sin that he's about to take upon himself on the cross does it out of his love for us so that not only James and John and Peter will have second chances but that you and I will have second chances he did it for his love for us that he might take our sin upon us and bring us into a new relationship with God, that he might be raised from the dead, showing us that we have power over sin, that we might learn to truly watch and pray. You see, it's not about doing it on your own. It's about surrendering. If Jesus needed to go to Gethsemane, Boy, we need to go to Gethsemane. We need to watch and pray. Surrendering our lives to the Lord. Learning as imperfectly as we do to daily come back and say, Lord, oh, I don't want to do this. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will. I surrender to you. Teach me to walk in your way. That's why the disciples were there. So they could learn the lessons. That's why we're here. So we can learn the lessons. So we can be reminded. You see, what, what, what we practice is what we become. What we make habits of is what forms our lives. And so we come back to this holy week and we contemplate the cross. We contemplate this cup of wrath that our Lord was willing to take. But we see past the surrender, we see the victory. And we Humbly ask the Lord to help us to watch and pray. There's a phrase I'm trying to learn. It says, I need your help. You're in charge. It's the only way. Thank God for Jesus who died for our sins, who took the wrath for us that we could have a second chance. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.